0: everyone. Welcome back. This is The Real Pursuit. My name is Trent. This is Ben. And today, you know, we want to ask for you guys to subscribe. If you have any friends, tell them about it. And if you could, please give us a rating and review. We love that feedback. We love to get our numbers up, get more people involved, see what you all want to talk about. But uh yeah, spread the word. We love it. We're getting out there. We're making more episodes. So let's make this happen. How's your day going, Ben?
1: There's a net in this office. I'm going to catch it. Oh, no. It's a dirty office. You got to clean this place up. I see two
0: used food
1: bowls over here. They're clean. Oh, they're okay.
0: they're clean. I clean them every time I use them and bring them home. For sure, dude. I do more dishes here than I do at my own house. <laughs> you came in
1: with the big... This kid came in with the salad two days ago, maybe. I mean, he. it was the entire box of lettuce, three chicken breasts, and a, a bottle of ranch dressing.
0: I mean, this was the biggest salad I've ever seen in my entire life. Slight exaggeration, giant salad. You're correct. But when you eat healthy, man, you can eat as much as you want. I got the nap, But anyways, how's your... Uh, I got it. What's new in real estate? What's new in real estate? This
1: is a, a busy week for both of us. It's the end of the month. It always gets down, to, down yes. to the wire. And I think when we both came from sales jobs where the last day of the month was hectic... And I didn't think I would ever sure. have to deal with that again, but nope. Never. real estate's just as bad. <laughs> Everything gets down to the end of the month.
0: The only difference is you're getting your paycheck right away. You get paid right usually. away. Usually. It, usually. usually you got usually all your paperwork.
1: Your administrative staff is feeling good. You get all your oh, yeah. paperwork that day. Oh, you get yeah. all your, you get paid that day.
0: And if you're Ben, you hover around them until they cut you a check and you can go cash it. Uh,
1: my, our administrative staff uh, thinks when I hand them a check, and I say, hey, could you work on this right now? They think I'm kidding, and I come from a tone, but I'm I'm most certainly not kidding.
0: And everyone by now knows you're definitely not kidding. I'm definitely not. You're desperate for money. I'm desperate. I, I could smell it mm-hmm. across yeah. the room. Yeah, I need I need everything. Deep, uh, deep first deep of the depth. month is coming. Ben's texting like, hey, hey, did you cash? Did you get that commission check cash yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our power, my power company keeps knocking on the door, and I'm like, man, two weeks, two weeks. Ben is uh, a interesting character. Maybe we'll get into it later about some of the other episodes, but um, there's more There's more to Ben than you guys know, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But I think today, if you listen to a couple of our other po- episode podcasts, I mean, real estate's great, but I feel like that wasn't always uh, displayed during our other co- podcast. I, I would
1: agree. I think we
0: kind of... We came off as like the CNN of a real estate podcast. Like, breaking news, negative. <laughs> but there are... Ton of positive shit about real estate.
1: There's, yeah, they're so. This is a tough business, and I think I've said that on every episode. But it's we do it because it's worth it. The positives outweigh the negatives so much, but that negative comes pretty heavy. And when you're feeling it, it's it like comes every, hard, man. It's, it's like a every, hammer. Yeah, it's everything on your shoulders, and you just want it. You just want to curl up in a chair and, and crush a case of uh, learn to talk. A crush, a case of how a, now, brown cow? How now, how brown, brown
0: cow? The arsonist had oddly shaped feet. <laughs> what was that? That's what he says on uh, anchor man Is it? Yeah. How now, brown cow? What was the second one the you arsonist said? Arsonist had oddly shaped feet. The arsonist had oddly shaped feet. Yes. Stretch the voice. I love whiskey. <laughs> gosh, 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 gosh.
1: <laughs> but no, we we yeah. When it's when things are bad in this business you feel it and it sometimes gets a little gloomy, but the positives are outweigh the negatives a hundred times over. And that's what this episode is going to be about. What are our favorite things about this business? What is it that keeps us coming back um,
0: after a lost deal,
1: after getting yelled at by a client? Why do we show up every day?
0: Or clients ditch you when you've done everything to help them build their credit. <laughs> hey, if you got a house <laughs> under contract and it just happens to fall through, there's nothing you can do. And the next thing you know, you hear whispers of them with another agent and you're like, what? I just spent three months helping you guys build your credit lining you up with the lender doing everything I could and then now you just won't tell me in my face. You're leaving me. You guys want to hear another
1: good story. <laughs> so um, I'm cold calling on April 2nd. Get out of here. April 1st. You don't need to know this. I'm telling them April 1st. I'm sitting there cold calling right. I'm hammering out the phone. I'm probably at six, seven hundred phone calls completely exaggerating. Yeah, big exaggeration, but I hit a, I get a call she says, you know what? We just our, our house just fell out of contract. We were for sale by owner. We need to list. I said, let's meet tomorrow.
0: I would have said, let's meet right now. Well, I
1: said, let's meet tomorrow. And we meet. We get the listing paperwork signed. And we go on the market maybe April 7th. April 6th rolls around. Trent Bargy. Yeah, we're thinking about listing. Uh, but no, no spe- set timeline. It's now... May twenty eighth, and that agent who's selling their house tomorrow is your boy Ben Bolton. So what happened was this was a fort- was that rambling? Does anybody even know? Does anybody that get that? No one no, cares. No does one understands.
0: Your horrible explaining. Was concept. that
1: story? Did, if you heard that story, would that make sense? Do you would you follow no.
0: that story? I think I was from. I think I you did no, not follow it. Yeah, basically been trying to rub it in my face because I was following up with the for sale by owner since December January just touching base she kept getting deals that fall through fall through i spoke to her every month or maybe twice a month and then ben this just goes to the business you call at the right time and like what most people say most agents are probably idiots in this business but 70% of those idiots just happen to be at the right place at the right time or just happen to be in front of that person and ben was one of those <laughs> one of those idiot agents who happened to get there cuz he made he had an appointment april 2nd i called her mid march right March. Yeah. So uh, last time I spoke to her was mid-March. He got an appointment April 2nd. I called to follow up with her April 6th or 7th and then he got that listing. It's only $90,000 house. so not too big of a deal, but the fact that I lost one to Ben just by happenstance, which she probably thought I was him. She might have thought because he probably said Keller Williams and all that fun stuff and she probably thought I was him. Well, is
1: that right? I, if If she if I if she thinks I'm you. That's cool, because the check says my name on it.
0: That's you know what you win some, you lose some. <laughs>
1: it happens. So uh, um, I will. I do want to share one other. St- T- Trent and I have rarely gone against each other, but when we do, um, it's obviously it's obviously a mutual respect for sure. There was one listing appointment I went on, and I told Trent I was going on it, and Trent warned me. He told me absolutely do not take that listing. He said you're going to regret it. And six months later, I've never regretted taking a listing more in my life. I was, I was getting, I would get, if I didn't answer my phone within five seconds, I would get a negative Google review. I would call her, say, what, what's going on? She'd say, okay, I'm just upset. I'm going to delete the Google review. I say, I appreciate that. And this happened five, 10 times.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I, I talked to this lady, tried to discuss with her about selling the house what was a good price for it all that fun stuff and i did not take the listing because she was way overpriced extremely overpriced extremely overpriced. and uh so i was talking to Ben one day and he told me i was like dude i've been talking to this lately for three months it's gone through two different agents i'm like they want too much what they want to walk away with is impossible for the price of the house in the neighborhood it's you're, you're, literally impossible even in this market and he took it and man
1: I yeah I took I took body shots I went ten rounds with Mike Tyson for that listing at, during that listing did you sell it nope nope she she fired me we got a contract on it that netted them the number that they wanted That's impossible it, it happened I we got in the contract and then inspections came and they walked away because of inspections and when I told her they walked away she told me I was a liar. There was never a contract, and <laughs> she fired me. And I said, "Okay, I, I I appreciate I appreciate the feedback, and I'm best of luck in selling your house."
0: Has she sold it yet?
1: She's got it sold.
0: What did it sell for? I don't know. I don't oh, know I was with that. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. And yeah, it makes you. I know. <laughs> I know it hurts, but whatever. Lesson learned. Yeah. But the beauty is, you'll hear a lot of people complain. I think in real estate, it's easy to complain and, and put all that on someone else or whatever. Like I just had the buyer, like drop me for pretty much no reason. That was what we were just talking about. But in, at the end of the day, nine out of 10 people you work with are great to work with. They, they become like probably actual friends that you stay in contact with. Yep. And it's pretty awesome. I mean, you meet a lot of cool people. Like I had a client, we sold their condo referral from another client or is actually her daughter. Um, and she dropped off a bag of trail mix at my wife's shop for me. Um, she gave me some before. It was really good. And she's like, oh, wh- you did a great job. Blah blah blah. what can we do? I was like, oh, nothing. I mean, if you got any friends or anything, let me know. But I'll take some trail mix. <laughs> <laughs> so she drove to my wife's shop, got some treats from her because she knew I told her what my wife did. So she went down there, went out of her way, drove to my Amesburg, got treats, spent money at my wife's shop, gave me a huge bag, like two-gallon bag or gallon bag, whatever, trail mix. I was like, she didn't have to do that. No. I mean, I got paid for selling her condo. There are, there, there are, you're dealing with the
1: general public and there are Mm -hmm. some people, you know, most people are good and you deal with most people and you love these clients and appreciate, they appreciate what you do and they understand when you're not the loan officer. So when the loan falls through at the last second, most people understand it's not your fault. Most people, most people. (laughs) There's a few, on the other hand, who absolutely do not understand that you don't write the loan. I right. don't. I, I don't run the title search. We don't do any of that stuff. We get the deal and we manage it. Yeah, I am a I'm a babysitter once we go on under contract. Um, but we keep coming back. And why, why is it that you come back day after day? Because I know right now is a tough day. You've you've been punched in the face. Yeah. Yeah. You've gotten a wedgie and a swirly, but why are you coming back tomorrow?
0: For one, it's again, we mentioned this. I've talked about a lot. Self-drive, like ugh, I get down myself. I listen. I dive into it, but mostly it's like, you know, you do meet a lot of cool people. You do. And I'm not the agent that says, oh my God, I'm so glad to help this homebuyer buy their first house. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Like, I do thoroughly enjoy helping people get there. More so if I can make it the exact house they want in a as easy as possible transaction. Or sometimes I enjoy the really hard ones, which, you know, you feel like you really earn it. You know, those simple ones, I'll be in the middle of a transaction. Like I don't, I don't have anything to tell them besides call them and say, Hey, everything's looking good. Usually you're like, you know, you would know me and you both, we get deals where the day before you're trying to finalize stuff, get stuff signed. You get those easier ones, but the hard ones are fun. The easy ones are great. Cause they almost just happen like you don't even know how there are like, there are closings so
1: that i i go we go under contract and then 45 days later we're sitting at the closing thing and i'm like i don't know what the fuck i did to get here <laughs> it goes under contract in the it's first so day easy. one it's offer so full price no closing costs clean I enough i i told you so the the easiest transaction i've ever done this house has been on the market for uh, right for since 2015 we sold it in 2018 um it was a $750,000 house, 10,000 square feet, big old boy in a neighborhood that does not command that price. Okay. I'm in Columbus. I, I I live in, we live in Dayton, which is about an hour south of Columbus. I'm in Columbus for one reason or another. And I get a call from an agent saying, my clients want to see uh one, two, three main street. So Let, let's get out there. They said, all right, we'll be there in about an hour and a half. Will that work? I said, I'll make it work. I call myself we don't you, we weren't getting showings every day right we yeah. were getting showings once every other month okay um, and so I said yeah I'll be there so I, I leave what I'm doing in Columbus I run down uh, to the to this house and I sit and I keep getting text from this agent hey we're running behind oh no hey we'll be there in about 30 minutes hey what's gonna be another 30 minutes so I sit there in the in my client's house for about an hour and a half waiting for these people. They're an hour and a half late. Yeah. They finally show up. They spend fifteen minutes in the house.
0: That's not good.
1: It's not good. They walk out. They say, "We'll let you know something tonight." I said, "All right. Well, thanks for wasting my time." Is really what I felt. Right. A fifteen-minute showing. Fifteen minutes showing on a ten-thousand-square-foot house. Not happening. Yeah. That's that's bad. That's bad on a three-bedroom, two-bath, let alone $50, on any house, really. Yeah, let alone 10,000 square feet. So I get a call from the agent that night. Okay. She says, hey, we're going to put an offer in and I'm like, oh, that's going to hurt. Yeah. She says, it's going to be full price, <laughs> what? cash, we'll close in 10 days and we're going to give your client six months occupancy, no lease back option. Sounds like a drug deal. I call my clients. I said, "Here's <laughs> here's what's on the table. I wouldn't count on it. (laughs) I would not count on this going through and they said, are you sure? I said, yeah, this is, this is some type of scam. I I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't make none. of That makes sense. I said, none of this makes sense. I said, you, we could go to the closing table and until that money is wired into your account, right? This didn't happen. This is fake. Sure enough, 10 days from now, we don't hear from them for 10 days. No inspection, no inspections. Cash. Cash. 10,000. this is
0: in WC. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: 750000 yep. We get to the closing table. Guy shows up. Already wired funds. Really? Yep. We, clo- we close. We part ways. And my clients are still super ecstatic. They're like, I can't believe it went through. I was like, I still don't know if it did. <laughs> <laughs> You're wondering how dirty that $750,000 was. was. Like, I don't know if this is real or not. But that that transaction was one of those. It's like the biggest commission check I've made because again, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars out here is, in Dayton, Ohio is well above the average list price. It's high end. Yeah. And
0: especially I, that location. Yeah, it is not even high end. that's like
1: yeah. Yeah. And I to this day, I still don't know if I still don't know if it was a legit transaction, but legit enough. I spent the commission. You, you <laughs> ran a cash at check. Yeah, I, I ran cashed it and moved it into four different savings accounts. <laughs>
0: checking i spent it <laughs> of course you did don't tell the irs about that um so i mean there there are so many positives about that so you do run into really great people and you have those deals that are super smooth and easy which are awesome but more or not you got tougher deals which again there's there's pros and cons to each side of it yep. mostly pros i mean as long as you make the deal happen it's like a tough if you ever done sports it's like when you really fight to get that win it's more satisfying than a team you blow out. No one no one likes the
1: games it, I played the cross. Yeah. No one likes the games where you win twenty five to zero.
0: Yeah, everyone gets bored. You
1: get pulled out <laughs> it's after it's a little th-
0: different in real <laughs> estate, but you get pulled I think out after else. the yeah.
1: second quarter. You, you you there was no competition. It wasn't fun. Now i am gonna tell you that I would uh I would prefer an easy transaction over a tough transaction every single day yeah. of the week. Yep. But I would say it's a 50-50 shot.
0: But I think it's the tough ones put the easy ones in perspective but then it's kind of you've built a different relationship you got two different relationships i feel like when there's a tough deal you really get to know somebody yes. on like a deeper level cuz you're going to see a lot of emotions usually unless yeah. the client's like very mature and just with it but it's stressful like i'm still in my own house it's i mean it's stressful I'm, I'm i'm there with everybody else you've been through that and then um but the easy ones it's like nice cuz they think like it's perfect and like you do have something to do with it not all of it obviously like there's a lot on the buyer side that has to go right. The title, the lender that sometimes you can't control, but you just build a different relationship with each person. But sometimes those tougher ones are, you know, like, man, we went through everything to get this sold. And They're going to remember you more yes. than the, the real easy ones. Someone someone like, Oh yeah, he sold my house in seven you're, days. When you're going through a tough transaction,
1: what's your best piece of advice to an agent? Like another agent, if they're going through a really it, tough transaction. Not, not even that. So if, if, for some reason, this podcast ends up in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. Warren Buffett. Ooh. And he's listening to this.
0: I actually just watched a documentary <laughs> on him on HBO about an hour long about how I got there. You guys should watch it. Anyways, if Warren Buffett says, you know what? I'm going to decide to sell real estate
1: <laughs> in Omaha, Nebraska. He's know. selling a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, he, if, he, if Warren Buffett decides to get into single family homes in Omaha, Nebraska. And he's a single agent. And he's a single agent. No yes. team. What's your advice to an agent like that who is going through a tough transaction? How do you say, how, how are you telling them to make
0: this smooth and enjoyable for their client? I have the perfect response. I tell this to all my clients. I tell them, I go, listen, once we're in a contract, me and you as a seller or a buyer, whatever, and that buyer and buyer agent, we're actually at some level working together to make this deal happen. We have one goal. We have one goal to make this close. And I tell, say my seller as an example, I was like, listen, our goal is to get this to close. We got an offer that you're you're happy with. The last thing we want is for this to go 20, almost 30 days in, the deal falls apart. Then you put it back on the market, you miss all the people. But like, we're a team at this point, to a point. Me and you, we're still trying to like negotiate post inspections and save you money or whatever, make the deal easy as possible for you. But overall, we want this deal to stay together. Yeah. I was like, I tell my clients that, and I think they're surprised. I think a lot of agents going like, oh, no, we're not going to do anything. They go in hardcore. Well, when agents, you want to represent your client, but more so, what's more detrimental? Them spending an extra $500 on plumbing repair or you trying to go back on the market and you don't know at that point, man. We we have one goal and then when agents come out, you
1: listen, I'm all for negotiations and doing the best for your clients, but at some point when when you're coming at that other agent and that other, your seller or the other buyer, you're not doing a good service for your clients. Your clients want that house and you're out there playing, playing hardball. It's like, buddy, we, we have one goal. I, I want to get paid. You want to get paid. My buyer wants to buy this house and your seller wants to sell it. So why don't we work towards that? Why don't we,
0: why don't we stop yelling at each other and get to the closing table? And I've had agents where they're very combative. Like, no, this is, I'm like, I literally went to one agent. I was like, did you even talk to your buyer? No. I'm like, why don't you ask your buyer it ended up being fine? They didn't even care. Yeah. But sometimes agents take everything so personal. And I was like, in this business, it's not our house. It's ego. I think it is a little bit ego. They won't be like, well, I fought for this.
1: I've been in this business for 20 years. Ben got that the other day. I did. I get that all the time. <laughs> I wonder why. Buddy, you you were in this business when they were selling when they were selling houses and magazines.
0: you were right. Right. News you, you,
1: the MLS was a book that got dropped off at the office every other day. Right. Right. I don't care that you were selling back then. Things are a little different now.
0: Yep. And I just think, yeah, if agents, if if there's an agent struggling, I think the positive is you can make any deal happen. I tell every client, we're in this together and every deal can close. It's just trying to get everyone on the same page. Now you will have, I've had sellers and stuff. I told them like, this is ridiculous. I was like, you're better off trying to go at the market. I would agree. So we're not saying we never, like, it's not like we're like, don't ever tell our sellers like, no, don't do this because... Because we're working as a, if this is a good deal that you really enjoy, is five hundred dollars going to stop you and put you could potentially lose thousands of dollars go back on the market?
1: Even this, right? So three hundred fifty thousand dollars house, right? There is a three thousand dollars discrepancy, right? That you, you, the seller and the buyer are arguing right, over three thousand right. dollars, right? So let's automatically put it in the middle, right? We go yeah. down to fifteen hundred dollars. Is buyer willing to walk for fifteen hundred dollars and is seller willing to walk for fifteen hundred dollars? on a $350,000 house? Probably not. Maybe not. But so when the agents sit there and work this together and say, Hey, my seller really wants to sell this. My buyer really wants to buy this, but they're not willing to do 3000. Well, let's work together and find that number where both people are happy instead of all or nothing. And you're all or
0: nothing. Right. What's 1500 bucks to a buyer over 30 years, over 30
1: years, a dollar. Yeah. Day, and
0: what's $1,500 to a seller walking away with $150,000? And I would say it's maybe more important to a seller because they're the ones walking with instant money where a buyer could spread it. But the point being, we're the all on the same being,
1: team. Yeah. You're not. And you, doing-
0: do, you do run into really good agents who are on the same mindset. There are agents who are like, they understand they're looking out for the client's interest. This is also a business that both people want to make this deal happen. How do we do it and not get in the way? Yes.
1: I, I, and those yeah. agents
0: are they have a reputation of when I call them
1: and tell them, hey, we got pushed for a week. It's not a hostile, right? It's a hey, we understand the agents who are mad at you probably spent that money already and I think I mean that really applies
0: and I'm talking all real down on a lot of agents and I apologize, but if <laughs> you're one of those agents <laughs> so much change for the positive, yeah, change the way you are. We'll get back to the positive, but so I think this this applies almost every at least sales wise. I mean when I was selling um, solutions like car dealership stuff to people, it wasn't like I was trying to convince a guy to buy it. I was telling him, I'm like, hey, here's what this can do. This is how it makes your life easier. You like it. I'm sure, yeah, we can talk about price. How how can we make this happen? Like, what, What's the value to you, which is my job to explain it. But I'm like, I'm not here just to upsell you, but I think this could really help your guys' business out. So he agrees. That's the first negotiation one. The second part is the price and how you spread it out. And in that industry, it's just different. But if your sales manager wants it, and then the owner is like, "I'm not spending another dime," because that's how every car dealership owner was back in the day. It still is. How can you two work, but kind of be on the same team? But obviously, sales managers working both ends of it. So you're just trying to let the guy know, like, this is beneficial. Let's make this happen. I mean that that plays across all boards. You don't have to be two agents or two guys negotiating. It could just be you trying to sell something to someone else, and you know, you want you want this used car. You're selling your car. I want to sell it to you. Instead of being combative, like, nope, I'm not dropping a penny. Like, man, this is a nice car. It has this. What can you do for this? Because no other car has that. Like, you can use the same tactics and everything. Exactly. So, I mean, it's just interesting, man. I think if everyone was more positive in real estate and not so, some some of it might be money, some of it might be ego um, or just plain inexperience. they think they have to be like hard to get the deal done. You're doing your clients a disservice. I think if everyone was just chill and be like, hey, what can we do if we can't do anything?
1: Okay, there, there are times where you have to go to bat for your client. I mean, there are, and, and you've got to put. Well, you're your, really
0: going to bat every time, but yes, our but, job is to be advisor, be Like, okay, what's the best situation?
1: Yeah, but there are times in this business where it's all right. Put your hard hat on. Like, it's time to it's time to negotiate. But most of the time, it can get done without
0: that. And you don't have to be combative. You, you don't, have, don't to have to be combative. swinging. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't like it. So, what's your what what's What's yours? What's yours? Mine is telling, telling my clients, like at this point, once we're under contract, we do everything we can to keep this under contract. Unless we have a backup offer, it's way better. But my my advice, yeah,
1: my advice in a bad situation, and this probably is is life advice, but communication. If you are keeping every single party up to date on what's going on, even if it, even if something starts to slip, right? Like, if yeah. you if there's an avalanche and it's like oh yeah. the snow's kind of cracking is that how avalanches start and you call everybody and let them know hey I'm kind of seeing this off in the future right and then when you call them they've already prepared for it I think communication uh, in right. a bad yeah. transaction is more important that then than ever
0: yeah I hate there's nothing worse Gene Rivers said it best like he never wants a client to call him I, he should I, yes. always call the client and I mean you have to work it with each client I think. And he's absolutely right. I have one client. They're great. And she's very like, she told me I'm really impatient. So, okay. I put that note in my head. I call her, shoot her text, keep her updated as much as I can more so than a normal client, just because I know she'll be more um, on it than any other client, not on it, but just want to know more sooner, faster. So I think like he said, when you're saying communication and don't let them call you,
1: we're living in a world now where they can get information right away. So why can't you get it to them right away? Is their first thought, yeah, right? I can get I can get a whole new bedroom set to my house tomorrow off of Amazon, right? I, I don't have to look at the dictionary, for, right. or the thesaurus, or what was it? the encyclopedia of right. things Britannica? Is it? Is that the, I. I don't have to look at that. Yeah. I Google, and I get an answer in two seconds. I did like those books though. As a real estate agent, how do you how do you walk that line?
0: It's tough, man. I mean. <sighs> I think when you communicate and keep the experience positive for everybody, you communicate with them thoroughly, but you also communicate your process and when timelines are due and when you're going to be communicate with them, but also tell them if you have anything, let me know right away, but yeah. I'll be reaching out to you
1: and, and, and communicate the line of communication for you. Right. So right. what I say, what, what all of my clients know, Hey, Ben's not going to text me back or email me till the end of the day. But yeah, if you're I pretty, call you're him, good at
0: that. You're good at that.
1: Every client I work with knows, Hey, if you, if you need something, right. It's stressing you out. You call me because you're going to text me and I'll get to that while I'm on the couch. You're going to email me and I'll get to that right before I go to sleep. Right. So communicating how to communicate with you, I think is also a, a huge thing.
0: So communicating and how to communicate with those clients because everyone's different is special. So you got to make sure that's specific to each person and, that's one thing Ben does really good and I need to get better at is setting it up. I like to actually just... Whenever I got something, I just go with it. It seems to be okay, but I think my life would be easier. My business would be smoother easier if I set that precedent that, hey, I'll get to you at the end of the day. If you text me, I'll text you. Do you want call, text, or email? A lot of people say to do that. I just... I start getting in a deal. I start moving with clients. I forget to ask what their favorite yeah, form of communication what, is.
1: What if, I, what if you, you think... You know, you've got a, a, an old school client and you think, oh, this guy wants me to call him every single day. Right. He wants right. me to call him. But little do you know this guy's busy as can be at work and has no time and you're just pissing him off every time you call him. Right. How do you how do you want me to communicate with you? Yep. And I'll tell you how I want you to communicate with me.
0: Yeah. I think that works. That works great to keep the experience positive for everybody. And you're not they feel like you don't care. You're just not another agent who just I mean, we know those agents who just do deals and never talk to the clients and that's a shame because it I've makes us look bad, I, i've man. done that man i i when i started Luckily, being, i haven't and i learned yeah.
1: When I, i've learned I, i've learned by being thrown into the fire and lost lost clients because we i wasn't communicating or yep. i wasn't following up after they closed and i've i've got clients from my first year that if you asked them who ben bolton was they'd be like i don't know <laughs> yes it's like homie it's the guy who sold your house yeah and i haven't talked to him that's crazy. And, and that's, and it's, um, I think I've, I've seen in no way, by no way am I the world's best agent. Yeah. Um, But I've definitely, I, I am a, a much different agent now than I was three years ago. So the keep the, well, yeah. So what, what do you, so we what, communicate, what is your favorite? So like when I started yeah. thinking about that, something I love about this business is I can watch, I can see my own growth. Right. right. So yeah, When I, when I, when I have, uh, we're talking tough deals, I've got a tough deal, right? right? And all of a sudden I get off the phone. There have been times like, I have no idea how I just spit all that off. Like, how do I know that? Because it's okay. When you first started, you didn't know these things. So these little things would stress you out and you're going to people to answer the questions. But now, you know, when somebody says, oh, we have to write a new contract because of the 90 day seasoning rule, it's like. Uh, two years ago, I would have been like, what are you talking about? Right. 90 day seasoning rule, man. I want my commission check now, <laughs> but it's, it's it, yeah. th- those little things where it's like, I, I love seeing those moments of like growth in me. Right. Um, not just, not just in no knowledge of the business, but also in like yeah my maturity in the business. Right. Okay. Uh, when things are, when things are bad, in a deal. I used to kind of hide and avoid that confrontation until it got bad, right? Until it got really bad. It's like, oh, this is going you're to fit your teeth. You're like, oh. Yeah, yeah, this is re- this is going to fix itself tomorrow. I promise I won't. I won't even need to make that call, but now right. it's okay. Just call them.
0: What's the worst that happens? And somebody fires you. Oh, yeah. All right. Still alive. I'm still on the right side of the dirt, right? And we can say that now. Yeah, I think before it had been not catastrophic, but and it's still a downer because When you said that, I'm glad what you said that because it kind of goes what I was thinking. Um, To me, I don't want people to. It's like a game. It's like life. Life is a game, right? So you try real hard. You you keep like you say improving yourself, maxing your level, and you're going to fall. You're going to screw up, but you know there's always another level. You can always keep pushing it. And I think that's there is no limit in real estate. No, you can. There are people who have real estate teams multiple states.
1: It, you go like look they're at, all over. If you guys don't know the name already, go look up Ben Kinney. Yeah. I mean, the guy does watching teams everywhere. 3000 transactions a year in 12 States. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, it's the huge. guy's
0: crushing it. So and that's, what I think about that. I'm like, it's just a game. Like I'm here now. I'm at this level. And like, there's, I mean, you can jump and expand. Like, look what we're doing now. We're, we're podcasting. Is it going to be huge? Who knows? Are we enjoying it? Yes. Would yes. We have done this. Would I ever start a podcast I worked a nine-to-five job like where I was working at before? No. I would have been complaining about my boss and how much I hated my job. And my wife probably would have divorced me because I wouldn't stop bitching and complaining. But real estate, like yes, you have options, but you have to work to get those options. You have to play the game, bust your ass, and keep working. That's what I love about it because there is no ceiling. You can have a goal of 75 units. But there's nothing saying you can't do 100, and there's nothing saying you can't do 20.
1: And, and think about it's it. All you can
0: judge your growth, basically. What, it, go back to what you were saying. Your it, growth. Think
1: about a sport. Like think about if you if you were sports, right? Both of us played sports growing up. And there's one specific skill you need to work on that's going to grow your game exponentially. For lacrosse players, it's right. maybe maybe working with your left hand or um, just those different kinds of things, different footsteps, shooting on the run. It's just like that to me in real estate, where it's like, okay, I know I've crossed, I, I've worked on, I've worked on this skill yep. set. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I've kind of got that into a habit, and I, I know that I've I've got control over that skill set. But what's the next skill set to take me to the next level? Okay, so yeah. I, I love that kind of thing. So my, you know, I look, that's good. It's good. I, I look at um, right now a big one for me, the skill set I need to work on, similar to you know a, a split dodge and lacrosse, but. No time. one knows
0: what the hell you just... Somebody, <laughs> somebody will,
1: right? Um, but something like that where you, you, that's a, a quick little skill. Now yeah. it's time blocking, right? So I look at uh, my day and I see I've wasted so much time of my day. Right. How, how do I start time blocking? And I know that's that skill that if I work on right now is going to shoot me to the next level, break me through mm-hmm. that ceiling. And then once you've kind of honed that skill in, mm-hmm. it's okay, what's next? Well, right. you know, at some point you get to a, 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 a level in your business where your skill you've kind of honed in as many of the skills you can by yourself. Now you need to start helping out. Now you need to start leveraging out. So your next skill is leveraging out something. How do I, how do I work on my leverage? How do Me I work on and getting anyone an who's
0: read a specific book would say you're wrong on that part, but you're, you're on the right. I think, yeah, you're doing way better. I feel like I'm getting better in real estate, but the more I get into it, I think I mentioned this before, the, the least I think, how do I say it? The more I do in real estate, the better I get with units and volume and all that stuff. And I keep looking at myself as a business. Uh, I realize how bad of a business I am running. Does that make sense? I would agree. So my time blocking. Both of us, not just your business, but right. But it's it's weird. It's like I'm doing great. Like I'm numbers are there, but like I'm like I'm just like a bulldog. I just go. Like when you're saying about how you judge yourself, get better at skills. Like when working out. Like I know if I want to run you know, six minute mile. I just run, dude. I just go and I try and hit that. Right. And that's how I, and that's kind of hard to do in real estate. You can do it, but it's more of a mental game, which I do not like mental games. So um, so I'm more of a physical guy. So if I can physically do it, like if I get 10 calls in, I talk to 10 people, I feel super accomplished. Right. But just because I do paperwork for 20 deals, that does not do anything for my accomplishment. And I'm not talking
1: about right there. For me, I'm never going to be good at paperwork. It's just a fact, right?
0: Right. Exactly. But it's where, you, it's where you accomplish. Like, what, what I was saying is if I get 10 calls and talk to 10 people, if I don't do anything else in that day, like you're talking about time block or the one thing, I'm good. If I can get those 10 calls and 10 people in, I'm good. I don't care how many deals like I quote unquote solidify or papers I write or whatever. I just want those contacts. That's like I contribute that to doing like 100 push-ups or something. Like that's the same number, same how my brain functions. Yeah. I just want to go and run. I don't like the tracks that I'm on oh, see. And I just take. Trent, Trent, I just take. I put my head down. I don't like small goals. I like I like going for the grand slam. We, we, Trent we, we made and this I, comment Yeah, today. Trent
1: yeah. and I will sit there and yell at each other about this all day <laughs> because I I break it to me. I have to break it down to the smallest form I possibly can. Trent is like how Trent talks about the 10 contacts. It doesn't work for me like that. I need to know how many calls it takes for me to get a contact. Right. And then that's what I track. And and my, I, you know, my my dad has run sales teams and um, grown, built businesses. And him and I get in the same argument too. He's, uh, I'm like, I don't. Your, your dad's on my side? My, my dad's yeah. on your side. Dad,
0: Ben's dad's smart. <laughs> He's a super secret agent guy back in the day. So that means I'm smart and Ben's wrong. No. That's what right. we're getting so, at. So, Hugh, uh-huh. he was correct.
1: I, I just don't. I think that I think that if you are, if you, are, okay, well, him just and say I, I'm right. No, him and I get in this argument. Just so if right. you are, if you are a sales, <laughs> if you are a sales manager, tracking calls is a really bad idea, because your sales team can sit there and just call. bullshit calls all you day. You can bullshit calls I all it. day. I've done it. It, it, we both did, right? Yeah. I, oh, I got to make 75 calls. It's four 30 and I've made 20. How did I get 55 calls oh, in the past 30
0: worse than that? But, yeah. you,
1: but when a sales manager is tracking calls, that's bad. They need to be tracking appointments and, and meetings contacts, and, those, and contacts. Yeah. And then you, but you have to have that self motivation if you are going to track calls personally. So I know I can't cheat the system because if I fake calls for myself, I'm cheating myself and my family. Right. So, I think that he's coming from that that side of things where it's like I'm not letting my sales team track their calls, and that's what I'm going to judge them off of because they're going to go hit their bonuses by calling dead numbers fifty times a day. It's a low meter. It's a low meter. But if you are doing it for yourself, you're not cheating. If you if you if I sit there and dial dead numbers all day, I'm cheating mm-hmm. myself and my family.
0: Yeah, because you're not getting paid by their phone call. So. Ben's not, I'm not saying Ben's wrong by any means. Every, probably most coaches would say, Hey, track, track all your calls, see how many numbers you get and all this stuff, right? And he's partially right. But my coach was like, Listen, I'm just not a numbers guy. If I, if I can call 10 people, get 10 contacts, and that's my goal, great. If I have to call a thousand people, get 10 contacts, I'm fine with that. For me, the calls per contact doesn't necessarily matter. It's, it's all about the contacts because you could be calling dead numbers, like, because Ben calls expires. A hundred of the, 200 of those 500 calls could be bullshit numbers that don't count. So the only thing I would count are the real numbers he would call because that's how you're going to find a real number per contact. Otherwise, you're just saying I got called 10 random numbers to get one contact, but it works, but it works for Ben. It works for me. And for that's me, what, if I have to make a thousand or five calls and get five contacts, don't care as long as I get those numbers that many contacts contacts means I got a relationship that I can turn in. Hopefully into an opportunity, which means it turns into some sort of a sale and I'm good the bigger the number, it's just, I don't know, it just impedes me. But I don't know. I like the contacts, man. What? Um, but the great thing about this business is I don't have a sales manager saying I have to make 100 calls. You have to be on the phone two hours a day. Otherwise, you don't get your full salary.
1: Yeah. No. If freedom if Freedom in this business is not a real thing, but you've got it's the- It's fr- definitely not. But you don't, you do things your way. Right. Right. That's where the freedom is. It's I,
0: I, set this, Correct. I set this business up how I want to do it. Me and Ben are still going down the same path. Well, we're getting the same goal, just different paths. Different paths. Right. And we don't know which one's better or easier. Just whatever works for that person. And, and you kind of have the same. You learn from you it. You
1: have the same system and model. Neither one of us are trying to reinvent the wheel because there's people that have done it before us.
0: Right. We're following
1: the same there's system and it. models. Yeah. And you just kind of, you just kind of adjust
0: your model to it the e-myth would probably be the best book. It's basically entrepreneur myth where everyone thinks, Oh, I don't have to work for anyone. I can set my own hours. Um, Here's a positive. We're trying. Yeah. Buddy, (laughs) if you're trying to set your own hours, just go work at nine to five,
1: get off at five and be happy with that. Because Saturdays and and Sundays as an entrepreneur
0: or a business owner, those don't exist. If, there's nothing wrong, and I think it needs preference. Everyone thinks being an entrepreneur, or doing real estate, or starting your own business is this great thing. It's definitely not for everyone. You can have the same goals in a sales job that provides you the software, the contacts. They give you everyone health to call. Insurance, <laughs> health a consistent, insurance. A consistent 401k salary. contribution at 3%. Yeah. Like I mean, all those super nice things. Um, but the great news is our bosses change on a monthly basis. There's pros and cons. You got people that you can't satisfied but nine out of ten times like we talked about before you work with really cool people who once you get a feel for their personalities it's good sometimes you get bad ones but most of the time you get good people where if you're working in any other job you're you're stuck with Dave who comes in with a pissy attitude every day because he hates his life oh yeah
1: Dave who's been working at the same sales company for 15 years and yeah yeah
0: he just hates it so nice part is you do get to change it up so if you have one bad client or just one bad experience. I won't say you can forget it, but you can kind of be like, all right, well, that one's over. Let's, uh and, and guess what? <laughs> you find can't, else. And, and you can't fire your boss. No,
1: but if you really don't like a client you and they fired. really are treating you like, treating you like shit, well,
0: I'll fire you, but I can't go and fire Dave. Exactly. I, I think people forget about at least in real estate. If you're in real estate, you can fire clients. Yeah. And sometimes it's worth it. It is not worth hanging on. It's, for a $1,500 commission, you've been working on six months and they just treat you like shit and don't respect your time or day. Yeah. I hey, mean, drop them, man. There's nothing worth it.
1: There's nothing worse than uh, you're sitting down with the family for dinner and they want something right away. Right. Man, I'm, I told you, I'm sitting down with my family. I answered your call as a courtesy. I'm sitting down with my family. I'm not going to get up from this table so mm-hmm. I can get you an email. It,
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: that's just me it, venting over a current situation. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's been, but not trying to be CNN, trying to be like some happy news. Like, it's it's pretty fun. The people you meet and that they consider you part of your family, um, and they want to invite you down to Florida when they move down there because you help them sell their condo. That's awesome.
1: I told them just say save me a spot. And there's no there's no limit to this business. If you want to. You can make this business whatever you want. And that's what I, I, yeah. You, if you want to go sell, if you want to go sell two and a half million dollars of real estate, make a good income, because that's a good income. I mean, let's yeah. call for what it is for two and a half, you don't have a whole, for that person, you don't have a whole, for that person, you don't have a whole lot of expenses at two and a half million, you don't right. have a whole lot of stress at two and a half million. No, you can get that money and you can, and you can make some friends along the way. It's 10 but to 15 houses. 10 to 15 houses. No, not just a, more than... More than most people sell. <laughs> yeah. But again, that's one closing a month. Your, your life isn't very stressful. And that's what you want. Right. Go for it. And then if you want to go and be Ben Kinney and sell 3,000 houses,
0: guess what? It's possible because it's been done. And if you ever heard that guy talk, <clears throat> he does not have a stress. His, big mo- his biggest motivation is to donate a million dollars. Is that right? Yeah, he wants to... Overall, not all at once, but like overall, I think his thing is like net a million, worth a million, and then donate a million. Yeah, his
1: his ultimate goal is to donate a million dollars, and he's he he doesn't have
0: much flair to him. (laughs) I mean, he's the dude wears like a polo shirt with a vest on. Yeah, and he is about he's like me. He's about as black and white, straightforward as it gets. Yeah,
1: his entire wardrobe's from Bath
0: Pro Shops, (laughs) and
1: he I mean he he started
0: tech companies, uh, training. Training. To, I mean, he has it. He was so smart. Again, it goes back to what real estate offers you. Like, if have you heard? his you heard, of of it, you heard a story? I mean, he didn't come from much. Dude, he came from a crappy family situation, living on the couch in a trailer, going outside for showers. This is in like uh, Washington. Yeah, like he, Seattle area. He he, he wasn't he came from nothing. He wasn't given this right. His no. his dad started, started off his, as a cable sale. Well, installing cable, wanted to sell, did really good in selling because he was motivated. He's like, I need to make a. I know where I came from. I don't want to go back there. So he has a, but he was a story, you can see it on YouTube.
1: It is. And I I would, uh, if you can hear him talk, listen to him, talk or watch his videos. But Mm -hmm. I, I love that. I love that you can look at a guy like that. Right. So let's talk two major agents, right? The one that people know, Ryan Serhant, Who's smooth talking? Right, it, uh, he's a he's New a York, New York actor, up. smooth talking, yeah, and he's hand he, model. He, he's crushing it. Yeah, hand <laughs> model, he's absolutely crushing it. And then right. you got Ben Kinney, who's slow talking, just casual, happy to be there, yep. nice guy, um, isn't? I wouldn't define as sl- like slick talking or that kind of guy. He's just a, he's his just,
0: best listening presentation is like. So, other than price, do you guys have any questions? That's it. Nope. Here's the paperwork. Let's sign. And that's it. And he'll tell you that. We saw him in a presentation. He's like, that's it. That's it. He's like, they don't want to hear. Don't talk them out of a sale. That's all he says. And and, and you've got two
1: totally different ends of the spectrum on success. Right. So anybody can do it in this business.
0: And that's what I love about it. Anyone can do it as long as you work and you can hang in there. You can Um, hang in there. And there's, and there's other opportunities. Like my first investment property I got just by prospecting. Yep. Um, So killer deal. I found it. I want, I was trying to get the listing. I'm like at this price, I could buy this and make a million or make a million, make a killing. Whereas if I tried to go have someone buy it, like one of my investors, I'd make change and some small change, but you get into it because in real estate, it's only place you can do basically insider trading. You can find a good deal. You'd be like, Hey, I'll buy this from you. I'm a real estate agent. Are you okay with that? Yep. I only want to make this much money. Great. Let's make this happen And then. Basically, insider trading.
1: Have you, have it's you awesome. heard Linda or Jimmy McKissick? They're they're the owners of our office. Um, they they wrote the book Hold, they they have an incredible yeah. business themselves. They talk about the as a real estate agent, the least amount of money you can make, and your last option should be to list a house. Right. When you go on a listing appointment. Should try and buy it. You should try to buy it first. Yep. Right. If there's money to be made there. Yeah. The first thing you should think is how do I maximize my dollar here, right. right? Is it a purchase? Is it a great? Re- is it a flip? Is it a great rental property? And then your last option
0: is to sell it to on sell the market, figure out that. And, and, and if you change your mind like that, you're going to be successful. Yeah, you just got to look at that. And they're not saying steal from the client. Oh, no, but no. With The client, I literally had a conversation with a for sale by owner. She underpriced her house by $20,000. I called her. I was like, usually I get for sale by owners a couple of weeks because I know they're going to get killed and get a lot of interest and see if it's still out there. I was like, I had to call you because this is priced pretty low. I sold a house just down the street for about what you're asking for yours. And it was half the size. What's going on? She's like, Oh, well, we want to make 30,000. So once she told me what she wanted, which is horrible. That's why you don't sell a house on your own. Um, And then she told me they just, that's good enough for them. like, okay. And they want to travel and her son, her husband has Alzheimer's kind of sad. So I'm like, what if we can make you guys a little bit more money? And I take the stress of all the phone calls I can schedule a showings in the evening when you'll be home saying you can't show till five and only till seven because he stays at home all day and all time. Or she forgets a lot of stuff. So I was like, what if we just make your life easier and we can make you more money? She's like, Oh, okay. Whereas I could have gone in there and been like, Hey, I'll buy this for me for 50 and I could turn around right and sell it for 70 and make 15 grand plus commission. And but that's I, just being a yeah. good person. Yeah. Right? At you, that point, I wasn't taking advantage. Like if she was fine with making 30, I'd be like, okay. I mean, if you're I'll cool with me, it, buy yeah. it. I mean, this is what if and we have to be up front with things so we don't lose our license. So I'd tell them, like, it probably sell for 75.80. She's like, No, we're good with this. We're like, okay, I'll buy it for me as long as you know that. Yeah. And then we buy it. So you should, if you can't have the opportunity like I did with my first investment, you try and buy it. And I never would really have came across that if I wasn't in real estate. I don't even know if I even think about buying a rental property if I wasn't in real estate. Yeah.
1: We're surrounded by people who are buying rental properties So everybody I see in, like, oh, they're all buying rental properties, but it's like right. really Majority of people aren't.
0: Most people aren't. Yeah. Most people
1: are not buying rental properties, and obviously everybody we're around here is is buying them. I mean, they're right. if we can swing it to get Jimmy and Linda on here, I don't know if they'll <laughs> they'll talk to our little podcast there. But they, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they what they have they have basically an entire vacation re- resort. They've got, yeah,
0: they're gonna have like 20. Is it Branson? Branson, Missouri. They're building like 12 more. They already have like 10, 150 single
1: family ranch houses. I mean, you want to talk about in a portfolio. A, is it Houston
0: area? Houston Around area, there? yeah. Within 45, like huge portfolio,
1: a, a quick liquidating properties. That's what I love about their investment. And strategy. they have
0: a real estate team that operates 100% without them. That's like one of the top $85
1: million dollars a year in Denton. Is it Denton? Denton, Texas. Denton, Texas. And they
0: don't do almost anything.
1: It just it just runs, baby. It's crazy. At seventh level.
0: Yeah, that's like what our job, I think, offers. So if someone's looking for, to get into that, let us know. I mean, there's plenty of opportunities. And I think we can go on for another yeah. hour just about. That's uh, minimal, man. So
1: again, the episode. Yeah. The next. We're going to talk again about what the benefits of this business
0: are. Yeah. We can go deeper into all this stuff. I mean, the opportunities are endless. Um,
1: that's our next episode. Opportunities outside of real estate being a real estate agent.
0: Okay. bam, I like it. Outside opportunities. All right, guys. Thank you for listening again. Subscribe. Follow us. I'm Trent underscore bar B A R G A at Instagram or facebook.com slash the bargy team
1: and at Ben McIntyre Bolton on Instagram
0: at McIntyre
1: at Ben McIntyre Bolton.
0: Your parents can come up with a better name.
1: McIntyre fits you. Patrick. What? Play us out. All right, we're well, playing out.
0: Make sure you subscribe. Appreciate it.